Welcome to Spraymakers, a podcast that dives deep into the world of slalom with Rossi and Trent. This week, the talk is all about line length progression, what it takes to move from pass to pass, and challenges everyone faces as the rope gets shorter. Once you've been through it, you can understand it and then simplify it, and then you can bring it back to skiers who are at that moment struggling uh, yeah. to, 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 to do that pass. So it's a great, it's a great way for us to come back. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm going to have some laughs about it for sure. And, hmm. and then, then, and, and hopefully everyone else does too, because that's kind of the thing. Like it's, it's, it's crazy how hard these block roadblocks can be. And then how simple the pass can be after you've mastered whatever it is that's holding you back. So, yeah. you know, we, I, 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 you know, I, I grew up, on a public lake, Me my fa- my father ran into Warren Witherall, you know, <laughs> a, a legend in the sport in his own right, and <laughs> ran into him while snow skiing, and you know, talk about the slalom course. And then you know, my father was intrigued, and and long story short, became my father. You know, got a slalom course and put it on our lake. And we had, you know, we're in Vermont. There's no internet. There's no video. There's no, there's <laughs> nothing, man. So it's literally put this course out there. You guys go. And we basically, that's how, that's how my whole skiing career evolved. You know, I was, uh, it makes me think of Corey Vaughn as well. You know, he same, same thing. You know, I, I heard his story the other day and, you know, he's, he's on a very similar trajectory as, as what I was on. And so you're, you're just, you're just trying to figure it out. And I think that's one of the things that I've always felt like I wanted to give back to the sport because I did come up just craving for information, <laughs> man, and, and, yeah. and desire. And I wanted to go to ski school, but we lived in Vermont. We, their ski school was not in the mix. We would try to drive down and see a professional tournament once a year, if we could, you know, once I was, you know, a little bit more into the sport and I I have great memories of that stuff. So, but going back to what, what I basically had almost no ski school, almost no coaching, no visual other than seeing my father and, and our local skiers around us really charging it and trying to be better. And I also think that's one of the reasons why I'm so at, attached to the sport is because that energy of it being so fresh, so new, it, 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 that, that energy still is inside of me. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so let's have a, let's have a, let's have a go about it. I can, I, I got, uh, should we just jump in? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like you, so well, we're like you're thinking back. I mean, I, I just, I have a feeling your memory is gonna be better than mine on, on some of this. I mean, as a coach now I can, I can spot it, but do you, do you recall like, wh- like where was that first kind of like hit for you where you're like, you know, I, I don't know how I'm ever going to run the next pass. Where, where, like what pass was that? And, 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 uh, you know, wh- what was the remedy? I would say the, the, you know, I, obviously when I, when we first started, you and I are, are at the age that, uh, I remember seeing only one gate buoy at a time because the mm-hmm. wakes were so big, you couldn't actually see both buoys. <laughs> so, you know, the first roadblock was how the heck am I going to cut these wakes? Like, how am I going to do this? You know? And so it taught me, like, I could not have bent arms and be pulling hard. I, you know, I, because I would, I would literally just go out the front when I hit the first wake. I mean, it was, and it was huge. And so you had to learn how to cut the wake. So you had to learn that, that, you know, that, that arm straight stuff that we talked about in the, you know, core fundamentals episode, you know? So you, you, you have to, 
you have to, you have to have that, that part, you know, and, but that wasn't like a, I mean, that's a traumatizing, you know, memory of mine, (laughs) but like, do I, do I think that was a roadblock? No, that was just something I had to work through, you know, type of thing. Like the first roadblock that I really 100% remember was the first time I tried 28 off. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Different deal. All of a sudden my, I, I pull out, I'm so excited. I mean, you know, you, you spend so much time at a line length at 15 off, 15 off to 22 off, you know, that first time I got to shorten the rope, that was the coolest and 22 off felt harder. It was harder. It was faster. I, I couldn't figure it out, but it, you know, it was one of those things where you had to just spend a little bit of time and, and I kind of could take the fundamentals that I had to, that I had learned to run, uh, you know, uh, 15 off and I could apply those and I had to be a little bit more precise and I, and I could run 22 off. And so then I go to 28 off and I, I had seen my father and friends and and when they got to that line length you know the the energy level was crazy high right and so <laughs> you know i run my 22 i'm throwing the fist whoa you know and then it's like all right let's go to 28 baby and i pull out from my gates the same way i normally do and i pull through the gates and i stand up and i go inside one ball <laughs> well, and, that, that, that was that was over quick <laughs> yep and that was done and then i go what and when I tried to even make that turn inside of one, it was just all slack. And then I, I, I did not free ski down the lake. I went to the end of the lake. I stopped. We talked about it and it's like, oh, you got it. You got it. It's 28 off. You, you got it. You got to be more aggressive. And so I get out there <laughs> and I, and I pull hard and I stand up. And this time I get outside of buoy one, but I'm going 200 miles an hour straight at the buoy. And then I'm like, I look over and, and I can't, there's no way to make a turn. I try to turn, there's slack and I can't even hold on to the rope and I'm in the water. And, and so this, the, this is going to be tough. <laughs> yeah. This, this like, I mean, it instantly was, it was so inflating to get there and then so instantly deflating. So, yeah. so ultimately I think 28 off is one of those line links that you, you needs to be talked about. I mean, there is something that's happening different there than it's happening leading up to that moment. And so in my mind, the way I look back now, is I say, that's the beginning of short line. You know, there's, there's, you've got your long lines of your long line, 15 off, 22 off, 22 off's the, the end of that, that segment of skiing. And then 28 off in my mind is kind of the beginning or, and maybe this is formed from that day, but, but it's always kind of been, that's the beginning of short line for me. And then everything beyond that becomes more finite, you know, and it has to be more precise. So, but how the heck do you, how do you run 28 off when, when you, you know, when it's so strikingly different, what, what happened that, that I couldn't, that I could get away with at 15 and 22 that I couldn't get away with at 28. And so, you know, that's, that's the key, right. You know, so, I so mean, did it, it did it, did it, ba- it basically it, it do you, did you find or do you feel or when you're watching other skiers is it is it 28 off is, is the first line length where you really can't get away with pulling you know all the way to the buoy line it, it was for it, me it was that's that, it or? yeah yeah for me that's it you know the there's a there's a thing when you watch 
when you watch long line to 22 off, one of the common things that you'll see is what I call pull to turn. Yes. And so yes. people and, and think about think of that. Like I mean, and, and again, like I always go to this, you know, hundred foot view. Like the rope is so long at 15 <clears throat> that you don't have to get very far up on the boat and you can still get around the buoys, right? And mm-hmm. if you like and like just to make sure that's not abstract, like make the rope 200 feet long, right? I mean, you would, you know, you would barely have to get outside the wakes to get around the ball. Like they're just, they're just, you know, the nature of it. So that's, um, that's exactly it. So, so 28, <clears throat> that's the first one where you, you're going to need to, to simply advance on the boat a little bit, um, to get around the buoys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so I'm going to bring you back to, to, to what was going on in my head. Right. So I, I go inside of one, I go just barely wide enough to get outside the buoy, but like, there's no way to turn. So what does my brain tell me? My brain tells me I got to pull longer. I got to pull longer. If I, if uh, there's no way I can get outside this buoy, if I don't pull longer. And when I'm saying longer, I'm talking about literally staying leaned away from the boat longer past center line or, or like to break that down further longer, even like after the second wake, I'm still shoulder away from the boat leaning just so I can make sure I can get outside the buoy. Just so we're clear, that is not the way, but (laughs) the, the, the staggering thing in water skiing that I have found over the years is it's counterintuitive nature. You will think I got to pull longer because I can't get outside of that buoy. But this goes back to that thing, you know, that we talked about, which is, you know, at center line, the handle now is starting to arc in. So if I am pulling longer past center, I'm actually just going to, I'm going to be able to pull for a little ways while that rope gets uh, torque on it and and starts to stretch. But there's a moment Mm -hmm. that that handle cannot go in that direction any further. And what does it do? It rips you to the inside takes yep. your body position away. And then the the worst part about it is you lose all of the energy that you put into your cut. You lose instantaneously and give it up. 100%. There's like, there's, there's this, this trickle down that I talk about all the time when you're, so when you're not creating enough <clears throat> speed acceleration into the first wake and you're forced to pull long because, you know, some people don't have, they don't have the opportunity, they don't understand how to create the opportunity to, to be, to be transitioning at the center line. Um, so the trickle down, boom, like you said, an excess pressure. Okay, great. Now that's going to pull me to the inside. I'm going to have inside tip two, three. Now with that inside tip, my ski is going to shoot out in front of me. So now Mm -hmm. I'm riding the slowest part of my ski. And because I have inside tip, my, my direction is changing on a, on a straight trajectory into the ball now. And because my feet are out in front of me, I'm not standing on a place on the ski that I can start accelerating early enough through the exit of the turn. So the trickle down is just, I mean, it, it, you're pretty much toast. Hey, can point. you, can you just for the, for the listeners, can you, can you just give a quick inside scoop on uh tip inside tip just so we under, so everyone understands what you're saying there. Like what's happening. Your oh, body. oh, inside tip. I was yeah. thinking the tip of the ski. Yeah. yeah inside no. tip as, as in exactly that. Like, like when I come, off the second wake, and if I've done my job and I'm on already on a flat ski transitioning onto main side edge, I'm trying to stay as perfectly. Oh, I am going to stay perfectly over top of my feet, perfectly over top of my ski. Conversely, when I'm forced to pull long because I didn't do my job, 
inside tip just means simply that, like leaning to the inside. So my feet are going to swing out <clears throat> way too early. And, and, and so now I'm, not, I'm, I'm just killing all my speed, bleeding on my speed. So now I'm not going to advance on the boat. Um, I'm running. So you know, inside then, body lean, your, your body gets inside pulled. body lean. Okay. Exactly. Your body gets pulled. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, so when people yes. are hearing tip, cause I was thinking ski tip at first, ski tip. Yes. Ski tip. It, yeah. Then when you asked me the question, like, I was saying oh, ski oh, tip oh. too. I'm like, yes, tipping to the inside, leaning to the inside yes. or getting pulled to the inside. And, and like, you know, and, and you can think like, yeah, I want my ski, my, my feet to swing out as wide as possible, but yes and no, you want that to happen as late as possible. But anyway, we'll get, we'll get on that. So, so you kind of, you kind of crack this. You're like, okay, I can't pull all the way to the buoy. Like I could at 22 off because I'm going to have this excess speed flying straight at the ball. Da, 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 da. So what was that light bulb for you then? Like, or, or what was the simplest way for you to start feeling only, an edge change that happened earlier? So actually I didn't have any tips. I mean, this is what year is this? This is 88, 80, 88. <sighs> Okay, so there, I have no, I have, I have no tips on how to fix this. So I bang my head against the wall. You know, we talk about that slack at buoy one. That slack is coming from pulling too long, then getting ripped to the inside where my body's on the inside. I can't, I don't have any rope to support me, so I'm just mm-hmm. literally standing there and nuking at the buoy. And then I can only thing I know to do is to jam the back foot and rotate. Right, yeah. so. How do you get beyond that? Well, the only way that I found, well, actually I didn't find it. My dad helped me with it. And he said, <laughs> okay, you know what we're going to do when we get, we're going to, we're going to, when we get to 28 off, we're going to slow this boat down. Yeah. And I said, okay, that's, that's cool. And so, you know, I think we probably went back to like 30 miles an hour. I was, I was a 34 mile an hour skier at that time. And, uh, I think it was 12 or something like that, but or 13 anyway, uh, you know, so he's like, let's slow this boat down. And so when you slow the boat down, you can, you can actually pull long, get away with some stuff, have that slack, be able to suck that slack up and manage it and run the pass. Now it was not pretty. It was not great, but I made it through it. What, Dang. what I learned, how I learned the pass was to run it over and over and over again at 30. And this was, you know, I mean, back then that was hand driving. So, you know, dad could, you know, he probably made it a little faster some days, a little slower other days, you know, type (laughs) of stuff. But like the only way to have, I stumbled across how to run it was basically confidence, right? Like I ran it and I ran it and I ran it and I ran it and I ran it. And the more you run passes, the more confident you become when you become more confident, you become more relaxed. You're easier to get into your arm straight, your stacked mm. position. You know, it's easier to get the acceleration from the turn to the wake. You know, you're not overthinking of it. You're not over, you're not, you're not over leaning, you know, too long and then getting ripped to the inside. You know, that so yeah, that, fun, that fundamental came through in and only in time and time and time and beating your head against the wall and, and all those things like the, I I would have loved to have this podcast or, you know, uh, you know, videos and things like that, that I could have been watching so that I could have understood why I didn't, wasn't able to link 22 off to 28 off. But that one, that one, like like, if you, if you had like a podcast in 1988, you, you would have been like, 
I mean, I mean, I don't know what, is this like some kind of fishing rod or something? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have helped you anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, how, how would you have listened to it, man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? You know, I like Yeah. That. So, like so, that. so, so as soon as you stopped working so hard, trying so hard, you, so then, so what, so looking back and what you know now, as soon as you stopped like going nuts on it, what do you think was actually happening that facilitated then? facilitated so, the pass. So what exactly what I was just talking about earlier, like what, as your confidence get, gets higher, thing, things become easier to do. Like think about when you're skiing the best, right? You, you know, you've mentioned it multiple time in, 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 in our time doing podcasts. When you're skiing well, you don't even yeah. have to think about it. What do you think? Yeah. One of the byproducts of that is when, when it is so easy for you that you're not thinking about it, your body is actually relaxed. Your mind yeah. is relaxed. You allow yourself to find those positions or be in those positions that you need to be in to capitalize in the right timeframes and, and, and in the right places in the course so that you can create this thing. So for 28 off, you know, like for me, you know, you, you, I obviously my gates got better. I, I established more speed. You know, when I turned in, I established more uh, speed and direction, you know, at, at 15 off, you don't need a lot of angle, you know, as you get to 22 yeah. and, and 28, you need to create more speed. You need more angles to create that speed, you know? And then the, the biggest key is that you have to be able to stand up and hold on to that, that power that you created. And I don't know, a lot of people call it ride the line. You know, you need to ride the line yeah. out towards that buoy line before you release that hand, before you release that boat's pull. You know, so so maybe the key to 28 off is to understand that you do not go from pull to reach. And that's a crazy thing that I see at okay. 15 off. There, that's I think that might be a really nice, a really nice check mark, you know. So it's all, I'm gonna let you expand on that, but but yes, 28 off is probably the first pass where <clears throat> you know, like you said, the edge change starts needs to start happening somewhat earlier. You're you know, maybe you're not center line yet because you you know you haven't figured out how to create that much speed that early, but a little bit earlier edge change. And I like what you said, like, um, <clears throat> edge change to reach doesn't happen in such rapid succession. Yeah. You, you gotta, it's like the way I look at it is you're, you're building energy from the turn to the center point for 28 off and beyond. You need to be able to harness that energy up onto the boat, up onto your width out towards the buoy that that energy needs is more critical. And, and, okay. and you want to go, I mean, all the way to, 43 off like that's that's gonna be crucial is that that yeah. section you know yes. and and it's not just holding on to the handle you know because if as you come off the second wake if you're letting your arms come away from your body and letting that inside hip we'll say your left hip going to one ball letting that inside hip fall behind the handle or behind the line of the rope you're still going to get that same inside tip or inside lean um if as if you would just let go early anyway so it's it's really you know, strong on the handle, meaning, you know, that keeping that, that hip handle relationship as tight as possible. And for me, like a lot of that, it's just, that's just really done through, um, just being like hyper contracted through my center. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to let anything, you know, from my hips to my shoulders, everything is, is on 100% engaged and just, just, you know, keeping everything intact at that point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like if you're feeling, like let's, I mean, some people might say, as I'm going into the wakes, if I'm rating the pa the pressure that my hands have, I have a ten. Then, mm -hmm. as you start to come up out of your lean, 
I want you to hold that 10. Yeah. I want you to hold on to that, that I want you to hold on to that. That might be an easier way for people to, to think about it. It's not like I'm, you know, that's it. Just keep it simple. Like you put, you put energy in, don't give all the energy by relaxing your arms away from your body or by pulling so long that you create such power, such pressure in the, in the rope that you just get ripped to that place. Either place is going to send you to that inside tip, as you call it. Uh, I like to just say I'm inside of the tight line. You know, Mm -hmm. if you look at it, the the lines actually got a little bow in it as you're going out to the buoy. If that's happening, you're, you know, you're inside of, you're inside of your potential arc. Okay. So good. I like that. And I do think, I think you're right. I think 28 is kind of that first one where you, you know, cause I mean, in its simplest sense, the only thing that's required of you as the line gets shorter is that you that you swing higher on the boat, that you are higher on the boat when you get to the buoy, you know, because that that height on the boat is what actually gives you your length. Or, mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, that height on the boat is what is actually gives you your width in the course. So, right. so tw- I think you're right. Twenty eight is that first one, and then you know I'm kind of thinking. Tell me if your experience was was way different, but. 28 and 32, that's like not so much of a big jump. Like that one seems like people can kind of, you know, once they, they've, they're pretty confident 28, that 32 is going to, is going to, um, you know, it's going to lend itself pretty, pretty well to, to, to getting through that pass quickly. I see a lot of people get roadblocked stuck at 35 off. Oh, I mean, um, 32, 28 and 32 are to me are a, in the, in a group, just like 15 and 22. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they are different. And yes, you can get stuck at 32 off, even though you can run 28 off most days. There is there you can get stuck. But fundamentally, I feel like if you hone the skills that you need for 28, you can run 32. On on basically the same line. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. I, I don't mean I don't mean rope line, but I mean you know yeah. running the same line through the pass to clarify. Yeah, there there it's gonna lend itself. So what 35 is is kind of like like that okay, now, now this is short. And, and obviously, you know, that's, that's the line length where, you know, the, the handle, if it was perfectly perpendicular to the boat, when you got to the buoy, the handle is just outside the buoy line, half a foot. So, I mean, that's, that's, it's short. I mean, that's, that's where you're, you know, you're going to be after having to run a fairly high line to be consistent at 35. So um, for me, <clears throat> 35, it was the first one. And I didn't know anything about gates when I was learning how to run 35. But as a coach, 35 is really, even though I start with gates and, and, and spacing on the boat right from the start, 35 is one where it has to be pretty, pretty good, you mm-hmm. know, meaning, meaning, um, you know, cause now your need to, to edge change close to the center line is becoming far more crucial. Um, given the fact that the handle barely makes it to the buoy, you're going to have to swing up high in the boat. So that's the first one where I, you know, the gates have to like, let's start talking about how these gates might be perfect. You know, Mm -hmm. um, that's the first one where, um, I need you creating good upward swing on your gate. You know, you don't have to be crazy high in the boat, but more importantly, I need you creating good speed on the pillow because I need you to be able to glide and roll into that turn before the boat's sneaking ahead of you, before you've lost any of that space. And all that really, and that's all that is about is, is maximizing your opportunity to, to get all your work done by the first wake. And that 35 is one where that starts to become um, critical. So I hope, you know, hopefully you learned it at 22 off, but this is one where you've got to figure it out. What was your experience as, as, as a skier? Do you, do you remember uh, that hurdle? 35 off. I, to this day, I absolutely despise that pass. 
If we could get rid of, <laughs> if we could get rid of one pass, thirty-five can get get you know crumpled up like a piece of yellow note paper, thrown into the trash, and, and no, I guess it would be into the recycling, and and just th- and nice. get out get out of there, man. Because that pass, I, I literally, I still, when I ski today, I will run thirty-two <laughs> and thirty-eight are are identical passes. And they feel so easy and beautiful. And then I look at 35 off and I struggle to run a clean, really nice high line 35. There's something about that pass. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm probably going to break it down this way and go, that pass is still hard in my head because I spent the better part of 10 years trying to figure it out. Yeah. I, I never banged my head on a pass so hard as I did 35 off. Do you, so we're going to break this down, but do you remember where you were when you ran your first one? Cause I do. Mm. I don't remember where you were, but I remember where I was. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, that'd be cool if you remember me. I don't, I don't <laughs> that'd be remember. awesome, dude. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sure that I ran my first 35 at Wrightsville Reservoir, which was our great uh, skiing site that, that, uh, yeah. that we had. But I don't actually remember the moment that I did it, other than you know, it was it was it was a huge milestone. But let's walk let's yeah. walk through let's walk through your moment since you have it, and then I'll, I'll yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just gonna tell you where it was, and and just because my memory on water skiing isn't that good for some, but I remember this one. Um, I was in Queensland, Australia, I was skiing with uh, Ray Stokes. He was my coach uh, for like ten years, man. Um, lived with him and his family forever. But anyway. I, and, but, but so it was like super inflating. I ran it. Yes. I, I mean, this was a thing. Um, but because Australian, he's on metric and he was trying to talk in, in, uh, in feet. Like he's like, ah, way to go, big fella. Now we're going to come back at 39. I was like, ah, oh, dude, like now, you know what I mean? It was kind of deflating. I'm like, no man, we're coming back at 38. It's 11 to five. Like, you know, and I was like, yeah, big man on campus. And, but no, it was, a uh, just that, just, I, I'll never forget that just because it was, you know, had he said you were coming back at 38, I was like, yes, we're on the same page. He's excited when I had to tell him, no, dude, that's not, we're not 39. We're only at 38. So it was, Wait, does, that, does that mean that you made, you made 35 look like 38? I mean, likely I'm chalking it up to the fact that, that he, that is a metric and, and Imperial didn't cross over too well, but, uh, it's just one of those uh, funny moments I'll never forget. So what, so what did you, I don't remember figuring it out. Um, what, what, what changed for you? Uh, I will break down how, how it's come to me, you know, throughout the years, like how, how I came to this point. 35 off is the first time where you physically with your eyes do not see outside the buoy line. I hear people say that. Yes, I know. And I don't, and I don't, I don't remember it, but when people say it to me, I'm always like, Oh, that, that makes sense. But this, uh, but I think that's the core fundamental thing that holds us back because at 28 and 32, especially like, you know, when you get to, to where you and I are, we can we can overski that that pass and and be you know three feet outside of the buoy line, looking in on on buoy one coming back around it and, and and taking off. And I know that for a lot of people that will be, you know, that's kind of hard to swallow because they're just barely getting around the buoy. But we can we can we can highlight that. So when when you get to thirty five off, the you lost three more feet. So now. Yeah. When you're when you're coming into buoy one, 
it's going to be the first time that it's it's probably I mean it is physically possible but the but the reality the reality is you're not going to see outside the buoy line so yeah. at 35 off you will always feel narrow and you just have to know that your ski is going to get around that buoy and that you don't need to do more physically to get wider. You know, I, again, I, go, I went back to the same thing. I was hit, hitting my head against the wall. I mean, I spent the better part. I would say I spent the better part of 10 years training before I really had 35 down. And I'm not talking like I ran it. I, I, I ran it a bunch here and there, but I go and I go through a streak where I'd run it you know, for a week or two and I was running it pretty, pretty normally. And then all of a sudden it would go away and I'd be stuck at two or three again, maybe get to four and, and it just never really flowed through. So what happens as soon as you start to do that, you think I'm not putting enough in, I need to go harder. Oh, I'm narrow. I need to pull longer. You know, again, at that time, I still didn't have insight from people telling me about the center line about yeah. about the about the negative effect of of trying to lean away from the boat longer to get wider and how that doesn't work until and that that thought didn't cross my mind until I was actually a coach and I said okay here's what I'm going to do I'm going to put the rope at 39 off so now the rope and handle at 90 degrees do not reach the buoy right and mm -hmm. I said I'm going to pull out from my gates and I'm going to pull all the way to one do you make it? Yeah, not a chance. Not a chance. Not and a chance. so, but but no one pulled me aside, and I don't think people were talking this way. So, you know, maybe no. it had to do back in the day because with hand driving, yes. there probably was actually ability to to physically try to take the handle backwards in the course, and because the boat gave a little bit that you could actually make. I, I don't know what it's called. I mean, we used to call it making up time you know? Yeah. And so you could make up time. So that's the thing. Like, so you, you, if I pull harder and I lean longer and then I come up and maybe if the boat could, could hesitate and wait for you or speed up, maybe it speeds up right there to keep the, I don't know what the deal is. But Bo I know it, it did both. I mean, you, you could, you could, you could lessen the rate at which it, it's traveling down course. And, and obviously we're talking about the, the tiniest little bit, but then yes, the boat, the boat will then also speed up to, to, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't as pre-programmed as, as it is now. It's, it's, it's re it was more reactive. So yeah. And then it would speed up and tighten the rope for you. You know, all, none of this was intentional, but it was just, it was just the nature of it. So, I mean, yeah. So at 35 off, you know, I would just be told you got to pull harder, man. You got to pull mm -hmm. harder. If you're going to, if you want to run 35 off, you got to pull harder. So in my mind, it's, it is when I get into my cut, I'm going to push my legs and try to pull this handle backwards. And I'm going to lean like a madman through <laughs> the wakes and, and into the, you know, just after the, after the wakes. And then I'm going to come up and I'm going to be going real fast and I got to hammer it, you know? And, and again, same thing happened at 35 off the first two or three weeks I tried it, uh, which was the same thing at 28 off. So everything yeah. that I, I needed to get to 28 off, I then I adapted and, and evolved. And I evolved just far enough that I could confidently run 32 off. And then I would get to 35 and it felt like the exact same moment as I did when I was at 28 off. You know, where I would pull through the gates, stand up inside one mad slack, 
how do I, how is this going to, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's so deflating that you almost just want to quit, you know, because you're like, this doesn't, I don't understand. So then what do you do? You get out there for your gates. You push that tail with your back foot real hard, get a hard turn. I got lots of angle. Now I can feel that angle. I'm, I'm leaning. I'm, I'm just through the wakes. And then I stand up and I go inside one or I just barely get outside of it. But there is, it's not possible to make a turn that I don't just either fall into slack or I make this turn. And when I take the slack shot, it breaks my back. And I mean, I had a bad back for a long time. And, <laughs> and, and, and that's just, just basically, you know, we were doing what we could to figure out how to do it. Yeah. My father's only reach out was that he, he got into fin tuning, you know, the earliest of anybody that we knew of in our area. Yeah. And we'd go to tournaments and he'd have 15, you know, well, that's probably an exaggeration, but he'd have like six or seven skiers lined up with their skis on his tailgate, uh, ready for no that, for him way. to adjust their ski. Cause he was the yeah. only one that knew how to do it. Crazy. And, and, but so, so his, his go-to, he learned that cause he got a hold of uh, Steve Schnitzer, you know, way back when Schnitz was doing this stuff. And so then my dad and Schnitz came along. And so my dad would basically, this is before you could video and send it to somebody and, and have them do it. So my dad would just describe what was happening and Schnitz would either say, Oh, you could try this with ski, you know, with your, with the ski setup, or, you know, maybe he needs to be wider on his gate or, you know, something yeah. like that. But I was never taught like the, the 30,000 foot, my version, yeah. you know, the, yeah. like, what am I supposed to be doing? It was more like if you, oh, you're overturning. So when you go to grab the handle, try to squeeze softly with your outside hand, you know, that, oh, kind of, that sounds familiar, man. That sounds familiar, you know, which, which works, yeah. which works, right. It's, it, it gets you to the, it, it gets the point done, but I need to know, I don't think that you can change your skiing until you understand it from a, from, from yeah. the, from the yeah. way up version. Once you yeah. understand that, then you can identify where your weaknesses are and, and you can accept them and then you can start to change them, you know? Yeah. And, and so 35 up, same, same type of thing just gets way more critical as far as, you know, you needing to be, like you said, your, your gates are critical at these shorter line lengths because you need to develop more speed from turn to center line. Then you need to be able to harness that speed and hold on to that handle up to, let's say, buoy line, and then yes. extend it away from you and stand up and keep your speed, and then be able to finish that turn into that tight line, you know. And the shorter the rope gets, just like I'm going to use a swing set analogy. It's not because I'm trying yep. to promote pendulum, but when you start to swing on a either when you start to, to swing higher up on a longer line or you yeah. find a swing set that has a shorter chain, the higher up you get, the more critical your moves are to keep those chains tight to be able to accelerate. Yes. And if you fall- Yeah, and you, and you just have less space, right? Like you're yep. saying, a shorter chain, you just have less space to get all that work done. So yep. that's when it becomes, that's when you're mentioning gates. Like that's why it becomes very important that you're not letting the boat advance ahead of you, that you're not losing that space because you've got a shorter, you've got a shorter run to create, to create more speed mm -hmm. is essentially what's going on. Right. So can you give me a little bit of insight into maybe 
some some things that you tell or or help skiers with at 35 other than gates or is it just pretty much like once you get there if you have yeah. gates you can you're pretty much got it yeah like and there's because there's not a you know again like that that that's why you know we talked about it in in previous episode episodes about core fundamentals and, and and because nothing nothing changes like nothing changes between 30 <clears throat> 28 and 35 you know right. like, and other than other than it needs to be better right mm -hmm. other than it it needs i mean you, but it's the exact same goal that's why you know starting things out correctly to begin with right from when you're teaching someone from the start um <clears throat> pays off in dividends even if it's not you know like the, the quickest way to get to get a, a little guy to run 22 off man it, uh, to be honest it's not it's not about spacing and about early acceleration and about early edge change and about it's really not you can just have them pull all the way to the buoy and change change directions you know mm -hmm. but that's not going to be his quickest way to run 41 right <clears throat> so um anyway uh yes about 35 off yeah i definitely start I, I that's where you know i always start on gates but that's what for me it becomes really critical hey man you need to understand your relationship with the boat you know, and, and, and as a passenger, I want to, you know, we talked about this in the past also, but I want to, I want to watch like while the boat's getting ahead of my skier. So like after he hits his widest point, while that, the, while from the, from the boat, for the passenger's view, while that line is receding, whether it's on the gate or whether it's anywhere in the course, what's he doing? You know, so it's incredibly important that you start using it. Every bit of space that you've, that you've created by swinging up into the gate or up into ball two or ball three, you've got to be using that. You, so it, it's, you know, there's less idle time as the line gets shorter. I really like what you said though, about, um, and just give someone a, some quick advice on, on how to, uh, how to handle or how to deal with the fact that you're not going to see the outside of the buoy like you, like you might be used to. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a necessarily like a, I think I just needed to tell people like, Hey, listen, your ski when you when you make if you're running 32 off you're doing you're you're you have a reach you know you're you're you you've polished you've polished that part of your skiing off to a certain extent like you're 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 able to stand up you're able to extend the ski away from you you know you're in a you're in an athletic position you may be a little bit further back than i might want you or you know you might have your hip dropped a little more or you know not quite lined up but but you have to have those you know you have to you, you've you've gotten that part to it so what I try to tell people is just understand that that handle is going to be inside of that inside of that buoy line. You're not going to see outside of it, but that you have to gain trust that your ski is still clearing the buoy by three plus feet. Yes. Okay. So so once we can build that trust, then we can figure it out. How do I build trust? I'm I'm you know and nowadays I think think things have changed a, a decent amount. But if you're if you're following my my training. And, and how I like to it, I want to, I want to have as much trust and as high a confidence as I can possibly have. So let me give you a quick, quick tutorial on how, how I learned how to run 38 off. And, Go. and I, and it's crazy. Uh, I was skiing with Steve Schnitzer at that point. Cause I was in college. Uh, like I said, my dad had the, had the, uh, had the relationship with him and, and, uh, he gave, he gave me a job. And so I came and worked really hard for a couple of ski sets a day and, that's yeah. what I did. But so I was running 35 off, but then I would run two and three at 38. And, and he would, at that point, this is, what is this? 97, 98. And 
So he could see me banging my head against the wall and we're working on things and he's, you know, on technique things and he's setting my ski up to work better. And, and still I'm banging my head against the wall. And one day he says, Hey, if I slow the boat down to 35 miles an hour, are you going to run 38? And I went, mm, yeah, yeah, I'll run 38. <laughs> and he goes, so. <laughs> he goes, no. Then he goes, if I go 34, are you going to run 38? And I go, heck yeah, I'm running 38. He goes, all right, we're going 34. Yeah. And so what happened? I ran 38. I I did run it. Okay, good. (laughs) I ran it. No, no, no. I ran it, but I ran it with slack and I ran it by pulling long and I ran it by doing everything that I was already doing. I was able to, because of the speed, I was able to compensate and and to, to make it. And then I started to institute that confidence and that trust so what starts to happen? Your gait turning gets better. You're more efficient with your lean. You feel much more comfortable coming up closer to center line. You start riding the arc up to the buoy. You still want to force a turn. You still want to make that skid by going to the back of the back of the ski and pushing it through and doing that stuff. But you get away with it. And and as you run it, so we ran it at 34.2 miles an hour, right? And I yeah. and I run it. And the next day we go out there and I want to go 36. And he's like, nope, we're uh, we're gonna run it at 34.2 again. And then the next day we're running it at uh 34.3 and 34.3 and 34.3, and then the next day 34.4, you know, and so basically in a month, I I learned 38 off. Yeah. I, was at, I was back. That's to crazy because that because because you you like you you had a similar experience with twenty eight off where it was as soon as you you created an environment where you didn't feel the need to work hard things started happening yeah so and you know what's the the wildest part was I wasn't logging back then and yeah. so if I had been obviously I was too young to really put this all together but but if I had been putting it together I would have known like I need to do things that set myself up for success. AKA yeah. make sure you got to, you know, try to, try to have a good driver, you know, try to, try to make, make every possible. I, I don't ever want to miss. No, I just left that blank for a I'm second. W- no, I, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I don't want my students missing passes. When you say like, like if I got a guy who's, who runs 35, right. You're, he, like he's not, yeah. he doesn't run it all the time. Like, uh, 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 Mark Choka, I've got my friend, Mark Choka, yep. you know, and he, we love to ski together and it, we always have a good time. And, and, uh, so, you know, he t- tends to have confidence in my driving. So when he's out there, he feels like he's going to have that potential to run 35. So then he runs 35 and, and, and it's like, he's like, all right, let's try 38. And I turn around, I look at him. I'm like, no, I'm like, you said that wrong. It's not try. Yeah, 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 I said, yeah. If you if you want to say it, then you say let's run thirty eight. Yeah, and then I say, can we slow it down? Can we slow this boat down? I want you to actually get a go at this, and then we slow the boat down, and then he can get away with some errors, and then we talk about it. We talk about the errors, and then we can add in. He has more time to think. If we're going thirty, if he's a thirty four point two mile an hour skier, and we go thirty three miles an hour. He has X amount of time more. I don't know what the breakdown is, but it's like a second and a half longer throughout the entire course. We're not talking. This is not big change, people. 36 to 34 miles an hour. What is that? It's less than a second, right? 1608, 1695. You know, it's about a second over the course of an entire pass. 
So slowing the boat down is not a monster crutch. It does not mean that you're less of a skier. It's like uh, Schnitz, Schnitz always said uh, over and over and over to all his students. He said, it's like when you go to a new line length, it's like a race course. And where are you going to run your fastest time, your first lap, or are you going to, exactly. you going to build up to it? Yeah. So no, I, I'm way, way, I, I'm way into preaching that, you know, like, you know, this, that's, you know, sometimes that's the, the struggle with slalom is that it, it's so um, quantitative by nature, right? We're timing every pass to a hundredth of a second. Everyone can count to six. So there, there are no unscored practices and no other sport in, on the, on, in the world would train under, you know, that strict, uh, that strict regulations every single time, you know, the, so the thing for me that I recall, um, we, I, I don't remember it you know, necessarily for running 38, but for when I started getting 38 consistent was when I, um, stopped trying to be so early, meaning, um, you know, meaning, you know, at the longer line lengths, you can, you can come off that edge, <clears throat> get on and commit to the turn really early and see the buoy way up ahead of you. And, and, and as soon as I stopped, trying to be so early and instead trying to like let let my speed swing me up higher uh, and feeling like the, the turn itself was packed more in you know the turn itself didn't really even start until I was at my widest point um, that's when I got consistent with it and, and 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 it was just and that's the same thing as saying you know staying str- excuse me same thing as saying stay strong on the handle mm-hmm. but I just remember the, the the specific sensation I had was coming off the second wake and as I switched edges keeping the, the, the pressure on my shoulders and, I, and I'm not even talking about back arm pressure necessarily, but keeping the pressure on my shoulders really consistent until I released or in, until my outside hand came off, you know, and it was just one of those, you know, it was, a, it was a sensation that I had of, of edge changing without coming out of my lean necessarily, my upper body lean. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not really the way I would coach, but, but I mean, it was a sensation that I had that, that I was like, Oh yes. Okay. And I even felt like I was a little bit later, um, than I was used to, <clears throat> but I was so much higher that I just had so much time to finish the turn. You know, it's just one of those, uh, one of the few things I recall from, I don't know why my memory is so bad when it comes to my own skiing, but I think because we we take so many sets every year that you, and and you have to have a short memory to to ski well. I mean, I think that's part of it. So, you know, I think I, one thing I just want to say real quick, uh, you know, when you're saying what you were just describing as your your um, that your your turn starts later, higher up on the boat, that type of thing. Yeah. For me, I would say through thirty two off, you can run that crazy super high line. You know, like the get way up above and beyond, you know, wider than the buoy way early and then dropping in. And then as you run, as you learn to run 35 and especially like 38 off, that line isn't there because 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 you can't because you can't um, you can't you can't see outside of that buoy. So you can't you can't run that line. So that it's just a different line. It's just a different way of looking at it. Uh, yeah. I, I think we should, I think we should, we definitely can, we can, we, we should spend more time talking about this, but I think we should uh, maybe give it a cut here and. Oh and, yeah, and no. And we're coming, tonight. we're, yeah, but we're coming back with 39 and 41. Um, <clears throat> so don't think we're, uh, we're, we're not leaving you guys out of the equation. And I'm going to leave you, I'm going to leave you with this. The, your best bet to, to running your, your next pass is running your previous pass higher than you need to. Or edge change earlier than you need to hold on to the handle longer than you need to get higher 
wider than you need to, and then that transition is going to be seamless.